0: Podcasting from anywhere other than a jail cell, this is Soberholic, a podcast created to encourage, equip, and inspire you to overcome your hurts, habits, and hang-ups. And now, your show hosts, Roger and Jason. Welcome back to Soberholic Podcast. My name's Roger. I'm in studio with Jason, and once again, we're going to be talking about recovery. Well, isn't that, isn't that new? Yeah, you like that, huh? Yeah, recovery, huh? Yeah. Yeah, recovery. It seems like maybe uh, you need to experience that a little bit in your life, huh? Yeah, yeah, always. That's a jab. No, I mean, nothing's going on. It's just something we need to do, all of us, I yeah. think. Oh,
1: yeah.
0: Well, I, I hope, you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know.
1: Uh, He's over here looking at me strange. Like.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, today, I, I don't know. It's, it's one of those topics that's kind of generic that we talk about, Um. And the reason I say generic, most of the time inside of our meetings, we will close. Well, depending on what what group you go to, there is two different prayers you'll close a meeting with. Sometimes you'll do it with the Lord's Prayer, and sometimes you'll do it with a serenity prayer. And the serenity prayer that you close with is the prayer that talks about accepting, accepting the things as they are um, and changing the things that we can. And so... I figure acceptance is just a great topic for us to talk about, to see what in our recovery, how we go about accepting things, you know, in our recovery. What is acceptance? How does it work? You know, and that's easier said than done. There's just some things in our life that we can say, yeah, um, I understand that. But understanding and accepting it is two different things.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think first, in recovery, what you have to to accept is that you're in recovery. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and, mean,
0: and, and things are probably going to be a little different in your life.
1: Yeah, and I, I, I remember for so long, um, you know, going in and out of rehabs, before I'd really started going to meetings regularly, uh, I, I couldn't accept the fact that I couldn't drink and use drugs like other people i was really hard to let go of and accept that and um you know it was it was almost like accepting the fact that i couldn't no longer use any mood or mind-altering substances at all um it was almost like losing a loved one you know like the death of a loved one i had to go through the stages of denial and anger and and all that kind of stuff before i finally accepted it and uh and what what's kind of ironic is it was it was other friends that kind of helped me get to that point you know uh, whenever i was you know i'd come out of. there was one time where i came out of rehab and you know one of my friends uh you know called me and checked on me and was like hey you know how are you doing and everything going okay and i was like sure he's like why don't you come out with us and just you know drink a drink a few beers with us and we'll make sure you don't do any drugs or whatever, you yeah. know. And I was like, yeah, 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 that sounds good, you <laughs> know. And so I went out with him. Well, I ended up doing drugs, right. and uh, not to mention drank myself, you know, stupid, like way more drank way more than they did, where, where it was like not cool, and I right. was throwing up in a trash can in a restaurant, you know, that kind of drinking. And then, like a couple of days later, the guy called me up and he was like, "Man, uh." You know, maybe maybe you shouldn't drink either, you know? Maybe <laughs> maybe you should just like not do anything. Just smoke cigarettes.
0: That'd be your best bet.
1: <laughs> maybe you should just maybe not do anything. Right. And I remember just sitting there thinking, "My goodness." Yeah, I I I don't think I'm able to do anything. I don't right. think I can take any mood or mind altering substances at all. And I remember being so devastated by that, just because you know that was my coping mes- mechanism that I knew and that had worked, but didn't work for so long. Correct. You know, and so it, it, it was. It took a long. It took years for me to get to that point to where I accepted that I'm different than other
0: people. Well I wanted recovery to work for me I wanted the steps to work for me and uh, ever you know as I heard people share, one of the quick takeaways I learned from them was that I had to change the people that I was hanging around with you know I couldn't bring all the people that I did drugs with into this new lifestyle and that was kind of hard for me to accept because that's all that I knew. I had no healthy friends none because I had, alienated all the healthy friends because I didn't want people to, I look like a drug addict when I was compared to the, the healthy people. But if you put me against the other dope heads, well, a few of them I look better than. You know, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I look pretty healthy myself. Yeah, And so um, I didn't want to, I didn't accept the fact that I was gonna have to change all those friends. Some, I, you know, those friends I had my whole life that, you know, we just went down the wrong roads together. And um, that was a difficult thing for me to accept. But, you know, eventually I I did. And I began making the changes that was needed uh, for my recovery. And it's it's paid off. It's paid off a lot. And to be fair, even with some of those friendships that it was so hard, it's not that we're not friends anymore. I just, you know, we keep our distance. And I talk when I see a particular person I'm thinking of. We talk. And we may even go fishing together. But Mm -hmm. it's... It's real sporadic, you right. know. We don't. It's not an every weekend thing like it used to be.
1: Yeah, and so once you accept, you know, that you're in recovery to begin with, well, and then and then all of a sudden you find yourself sober and you got all and you've got life coming at you, and you're actually feeling emotions, you know. You know, that's where acceptance is just such a huge tool in recovery that helps us to deal with life on life's terms.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's really working yeah. the steps. Yeah, I mean, that you know, acceptance is kind of working the steps.
1: Yeah, and so, you know, that's where, um, you know, first, you know, when you're working the steps, I mean, the first thing you're accepting is your the past mm-hmm. itself. Um, all, you know, you don't have to accept – um, responsibility for being an addict or an alcoholic you didn't wake up one day and say you know what i think when i grow up i'm going to be an alcoholic or an addict but what you're doing is you're you're accepting that the past is the past you can't change you can't go back and change it you know it is what it is all you can do is 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 change you know uh how you how you proceed from from where you are from the present and so uh that's what the steps are designed to do is, is to, to walk you through accepting that past, taking responsibility for the things that you you did do that were wrong. And then accepting, you know, um, the part that you played in it and then being able to forgive anybody that that wronged you in the past and trying to be able to move on from that, which is not it's not a one and done deal, right? That this is an ongoing thing, accepting the past. It's not just, oh, I accept it and then I'm done and I never have to deal with this again. It it, it it is an ongoing, active thing.
0: Well, you know, part of our past is identifying the people that we've hurt. And in that... we've got to take responsibility of of what we've done in that. It was easy for me to look back and blame everybody else for what had happened in my life and that even though I had created a lot of um, wreckage and destruction in my past, I blamed the other people still because of what they had done and even justified my drugs and drinking and my misbehaviors because of that. And accepting the fact that, I had to take responsibility of my part in all of that, and that was um, that was a big deal because I had to quit looking through this this perspective of of being the victim and take ownership of my life and my recovery and say, okay, well, even though I, I treated this person bad and I hurt them in these ways, I shouldn't have done it because of these reasons. Right, and. That's a huge thing to accept. I mean, absolutely enormous thing to accept. Because there, you know, some some of those people are pretty easy. I mean, you you've always known that you shouldn't have done that, right? But there's some that you've used and justified, and you've 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 built your drug and drinking on that. Oh, you yeah, you know, the foundation of yeah, it. yeah, that is the foundation. So, I don't know. I mean, to accept um, what you've done to other people is harm and that you did that regardless of what they've done to you is a really big thing
1: mm-hmm. yeah and, there, and there's still things in my life that i continually have to accept all the time um there's consequences you know from my my active addiction that are still ongoing today and are still hard to accept and i, I have to practice doing that all the time uh which is not
0: easy yeah what about opportunities that we lost you know this was i think you and i we've talked about this but when i got sober um you know it wasn't right off the get-go but somewhere around about a, a year of sobriety i began looking back at some of those people that i went to school with and uh, realize maybe not even close friends but acquaintances you know and realize okay well they've got a brand new truck that seems to be paid for they've got a a new (laughs) house uh they've already got kids i mean they're they're five years into this adulthood you know Mm -hmm. uh, thing and, and they're making it they got a good job and you know my windshield's busted out because the hood is folded up through it because i ran through a house yeah you know um yeah. and i i don't have a job i'm living with my mom and dad um i've lost a lot of opportunity here yeah and and i think you know i i gotta make it all back up overnight yeah and i I, I had to accept the fact that look this is this is the consequences of where you're at. You're gonna start a little slower in life, but you're gonna do it sober.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know how long I got hung up on you know, looking back at key points in my life and being like, you know what? if I just wouldn't have done this, it's it's it all goes back to this one particular moment where I chose to do this. And then that's what got everything off. If I could just go back and not do that, well, then all this would have turned out like this. And I wouldn't have lost that opportunity or I wouldn't have lost this job or I would have finished school, you know, 15 years ago or whatever it was. I mean, I would just be stuck in just a continual loop of misery, just replaying those those, those parts of my life over and over again to the point to where I was just paralyzed and then, and it was depressing also, you know, just to think about where I could be in life now if, if I wouldn't have done this or wouldn't have done that. And then that depression would just fuel more using and, and drinking and using, which would just, you know, make me lose more opportunities. It's, it's a cycle, you know, getting stuck in that. It's kind of part of the whole shame cycle. You just get stuck in this loop and uh, it feels like you can never get out but like uh you know the thing about the past is it couldn't happen any other way Mm. like it it just it happened the way it happened (laughs) and and there's no there's no magic bullet to like um you know to get out of that you know really it it was it was working the steps that helped me to be free of getting stuck on thinking about that
0: over and over again yeah you know the past is I'm actually grateful for the past today. Now, if you had asked me that a year ago, I mean, you know, the first year of sobriety, that would have been a heck no. But um, I I am grateful because it's made me who I am today. Yeah. And and those are lessons that I've learned from there. But when I was early in recovery, I had not really learned those lessons yet. I was learning those, and it was a little different because – the more fresh those lessons are, the, the harder they are. Yeah. Um, but then you can look back and go, wow, that that was, mm. you know, I could see God work through all those things yeah. even in, in the midst of all of that. But if we're looking to accept the past, we've got to acknowledge that um, there are some things that just ain't our fault.
1: Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. And, you know, if you were abused as a child or, you know, if you were. You know, some violence was inflicted on you at some point in your childhood or, or adulthood or whatever. There's plenty of of
0: things that that weren't that you had no part in. And who is that famous guy right now? I say he's famous. He's big on twelve step stuff, but he's kind of in between faith based stuff and twelve step stuff. I can't think of his name, but he's real big on saying that all this like drugs and alcohol and all those are not gateway drugs the gateway is trauma yeah you know? childhood trauma yeah i yeah. forget his name i know who you're talking about um but you know I, whether or not the gateway of drugs and all that I, I don't even care to get into that but i do believe that trauma does play a huge part sure in, Ending up trying to numb our feelings and our pains because we never dealt with those things. And we were too ashamed or embarrassed to talk about those things, especially as you mentioned, being, you know, molested or um, sexually abused in some way, mm-hmm. by maybe a family member, maybe not as a child. And, you know, we don't know that if we deserve those things mm-hmm. or not. I've heard those stories so many times. And so, you know, in order to accept the past we have to get through those things and realize that you know some of those things is not our fault right we didn't do something to deserve it
1: yeah and the way you know you might need to to seek professional counseling you know in order to deal with those things um which both of us you know highly recommend if it, you know to anybody i, I think it, it's helpful for, for anybody and there's um you know, it's not going to hurt anything to seek professional counseling.
0: Exactly. I mean, and, and that's really what we end up doing is we forgive, you know, other people as we work through our steps as we learn to accept um, by forgiving those people who's done those things to mm. us.
1: Yeah. And there, and there was people on my four step the first time I did it that I was like, there's no way I will ever forgive this person as long as I live. And you know, um, it took time and work with a sponsor, but I eventually did. And the the one that was on there that I thought I would never be able to forgive, I never think about that person anymore,
0: ever. I have the same deal. My sponsor would say, "Well, you need to pray for her." I pray she gets <laughs> hit by a truck. You know, that's yeah. that's how my prayers were. Yeah. I pray you die. Yeah. And sure enough, um, those prayers have changed. And I mean, I, I don't I don't think about that person anymore. And yeah. when I do, there's never any bitterness or hatred uh it's really more like I, I hope that her life is going better than it was when i knew her yeah
1: and you know the that person's you know not on there anymore but you know new ones come up along the way
0: and uh well, you know you got to just continually work through those yeah over and over yeah so except it's not a one-time deal we're not just gonna do it and be done with it um even I mean, to be fair, even some of those, when we talk about those resentments that we've gotten over, it wasn't like I woke up on Monday morning and said, all right, well, that one's done. I'm over with it. I mean, there was years that it was, okay, I forgive her. And then the next week, no, I hope she dies. You know? <laughs> uh, and then, oh, I, I really, I forgive her. I don't feel any bitterness. This all gone. Yeah. And then, I hope she dies. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it goes back there, and forth. There was a while for that, but I mean, for now, for over 10 years, it's... I'm good. I really believe this time I'm done with it. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. And then that brings us to you know once you accept the the
1: past, uh, one thing that really helps in accepting the past is really trying to fully live in the present, which is just tough. It's so tough to do life on life terms, man. Or just just being in the present moment itself is just so elusive for me because. Um, you know, now, nowadays, I, I do go back into the past and in unhealthy ways some, but really more what the, whenever I'm not living in the present, more what I'm doing these days is is in the future. And I'm just rattling around the future going, well, you know, 10 years from now, you know, maybe I'll be doing this. And if I can do this in two years, well, then in 10 years,
0: then I'll be here
1: And it just, it's crazy and it's unhealthy.
0: We have so much in common because (laughs) I am now past the point of, oh, I wish I had not done this because it set me back all these years. I've kind of caught up to what I feel like my, Age standards should be, you know, God's given me those things back. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now it's more like goal planning for the future. Now, if I can just do this, this, and this, then everything's going to work out the way I want it to here. The problems with that for me is those are all my plans and not right. really God's plans. Yeah. Now, I still believe that we're supposed to make plans. I don't think we should just mindlessly go in tomorrow with no idea of what's going on. I think we make plans but be willing to accept that our plans may not be God's plans. Sure. Uh, but if I get too far in the future, as you're talking about, that I'm not living in today. Yeah. And there's, there comes the problem.
1: Right. I mean, and, and I think where I fall victim to is having just unrealistic expectations in the future. You know, uh, when I think about you know a year from now, well, this is the way it should look, and like I set that in stone, and then when I get to a year from now, it doesn't look like that, well, then I'm miserable, you know, then I'm back to regretting the past and wondering, well, what should I have done? you know, why didn't this this future expectation I have? Why didn't it it come true? And what should I have done? I, well, I should have done this. I should have done that, you know.
0: Uh, I end up with this failure. <laughs> I feel like a failure. Right. If it doesn't turn out the way that I had planned. Yeah.
1: And so uh, I, th- there, was, there was a guy that always used to say this in the meetings that me and you used to go to, our old home group, um, that happiness is expectation minus re- – wait, is reality minus expectation.
0: Hmm, that's good.
1: You don't remember him I'm saying? I don't that? remember that. Happiness is – reality minus expectation Mm. meaning just don't don't have wild expectations and you'll be a lot happier right which is easier said than done you know but i i have over the years kind of gotten a little bit better as far as um especially with other people I, i i try not to expect um things of people uh i have low expectations when it I comes expect to people the worst out of everybody well yeah uh i mean and my my wife points yeah, I'm not that saying
0: out that's even good no i'm not
1: saying it's good my wife points that out to me all the time like you just don't you know you expect the worst out of everybody and i'm like well i mean have you seen humanity lately <laughs> that's kind of what happens <laughs> But, I mean, I, I kind of see it more as like I'm just, I'm just being a realist, you know, um, because if you put your, tr- your trust and your hope in, in a person, at some point, they're going to let you down. And I, I had that happen early on uh, in my teenage years, um, you know, putting people on a pedestal. And then when they acted like an actual human and made a mistake, it devastated me, you know. And so I tend to not do that, but I probably don't find any kind of balance in it now. I just I just expect, you know, (laughs) I expect it from the outset that that somebody is going to let me down. And uh, so I probably need to learn how to find a balance there.
0: But, you know, you mentioned about putting hope in people. Um, You know, if we can accept the past and accept the present well then there's hope for the future right because mm-hmm. um we find that we're not the ones really in charge of everything we find right. that, that god um uh, can do for us what we can't do for ourselves you know we, we continue to try to do those things a lot but by accepting the past and being okay with the present, and I guess accepting would be the word to say there. But sometimes being okay is the best I can do. Uh, I I can look to know that God can do for me what I can't do.
1: Yeah, and then you know just knowing that you know just putting one foot in front of the other. Um, you know the whole one day at a time thing. Uh, like there's there's a lot of things that. I have to accept that I can't change. You know, it's just the whole serenity prayer thing. But there are some things that I can, and I can't go change the world today, but, you know, I can, I can do my part. I can do that next right thing. I actually want to read a paragraph from the big book on acceptance. You've read this before. Acceptance is the answer mm-hmm. to all my problems. Well, that's actually how it starts acceptance is the answer to all my problems today when i'm disturbed it is because i find some person place thing or situation some face of my life unacceptable to me and i can find no serenity until i accept that person place thing or situation as being exactly the way it was supposed to be at this moment nothing absolutely nothing happens in god's world by mistake until i could accept my addiction I could not stay sober unless I accept life completely on life's terms. I cannot be happy. I need to concentrate not so much on what needs to be changed in the world as on what needs to be changed in me and my attitudes. Mm. Yeah. So that's where, you know, we can do. We can actually take action on acceptance is how we respond to it and our actions and the things that we need to worry about on you know, is working on ourselves.
0: Yeah, so change doesn't start with changing all the people around you, your husband, uh where you live, the negative influence of your life. It it's it changes with us yeah. inwardly. Yeah. And we've got to accept all those other things in our life are just there. But we make a decision inwardly to do something. Yeah. That's good. I forgot that, man. It's yeah. been a while since I've That's even heard that. But yeah. I I remember it a lot. Oh yeah. So yeah. Uh, so, I don't know. I, I think that acceptance is the key uh, to a, a lot of what we have to do in life. And um, if we accept, uh, we can find the answer we're looking for, right? Yeah, definitely. Well, that's another one in the books, bud. All right, man. I'm Roger. I'm Jason. We're signing out. Thanks for listening to Soberholic with Roger and Jason. If you like the show and want to know more, check out com. Please remember to leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you next week, Soberholics!